All right. Good to see everybody here tonight. Welcome back. Those of us who went to Florida. Those of you who stayed. I think you had like a nice day, right? Oh. Got them. Um, we had three different seasons. Three seasons, not the four seasons. And I wore seven different coats. Damn. That's a lot of coats. I only have like three coats. That's impressive. Uh, welcome to Fusion. Um, tonight, we have a Lenny and Lindsay teaching out of Ephesians chapter 6. We're almost done with the book of Ephesians. Stay tuned for what book is next. I mean, we all know, but we're going to stay tuned anyways. We won't find out the week before. But, he knows how it goes. Um, so tonight, I think the activity, no activity, right? No fun. Zero fun. There is a, there is a pool table, basketball table. Illegal. Illegal. Fun room. Basketball table in there. <laughs> Very good. Um, retreats coming up end of this month. Becky will let you know. So if you haven't let us know if you're going or not, please let us know ASAP so we can get the final price out here. Probably in the next week or two, right? Yeah, uh, I think by the end of next week, I really actually need to know if you're coming. Yep, so end of next week. So we'll be reaching out to people that are not confirmed yet or we don't know. So that should be a fun time. Um, I don't think there's any other announcements other than that, is there? Oh, Saturday. Saturday is like egg, uh, some with eggs. Oh, eggs. There's no more eggs in the world. There's a shortage of eggs. Oh, whoa, oh. Bada bing. No, no, no. But Saturday, hang out at uh, my place after Central Teaching, which is at 4 p.m. Yeah. They're going to be CT the day before Easter. You know what? Great question. I don't know. Stay, stay tuned. That's all I can say. Anyways, uh, is it Lindsay? You're coming up first. Oh, my God. Eleni, come on up. It's been a minute. Oh, also fresh coffee. Coffee at 8 p.m. Oh, how much is it? 8 p.m. coffee, free coffee. Rich made it. There's coffee. All right. Um, so like Rich said, Lindsay and I are going to be talking about Ephesians 6. Um, this is a very pink PowerPoint. I didn't realize it when I picked the color. It's like aggressively pink, but that's fine. I think we'll all live. Sophia picked it, right. No, she didn't. I did. <laughs> Thanks for, for attempting, hon. I appreciate it. All right. Uh, for those of you that don't know, my name is Eleni. Hi, Eleni. Hi. 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 All right. I didn't see her a second ago. So it's been a minute since we met. Um, why don't we have a little bit of a review and then we'll kind of jump into our teaching. So we're in the last chapter of Ephesians which is kind of crazy. We've been here for a long time. Uh, but for a little bit of a refresher on the structure of Ephesians, Ephesians 1 through 3 is all about what, what God has done for us, everything that God's done for us. He talks about how we are children, we were children of wrath when we didn't have a relationship with God, but now we have the opportunity to be children of God, to be children of light, um, and as a result, have a new life through him which is pretty cool. And so we've been hanging out in Ephesians 4 through 6 for a while now. And this is all the practical application of that identity, right? The fact that we are children of light. And so 
We had been talking about these authority and relationships. Specifically, the last time we met, we talked about the authority and relationships between man and wife um, in marriage. And so tonight, we're going to continue discussing that, those relationships. I'm going to be talking about children and parents, the relationship between children and parents. And Lindsay's going to be talking about the relationship between slaves and their masters. So I do want to invite you guys to kind of keep an open mind while we're talking about this. Don't be surprised if you're listening and you kind of realize like, oh, I'm struggling in this or I haven't been doing this great. Um, That's okay. Because like I said, like Paul said at the beginning of Ephesians, we were children of wrath and now we're children of light, children of God, if you have a relationship with him. And that means you have a whole new way of life to learn. So can I have someone pray for us? And then we will jump into our teaching tonight. Thanks, God, so much for this time to get together. Thanks for bringing everybody home safe from Florida. Mm-hmm. Thanks for the vacation everybody got to have, Lord. Um, thanks for this beautiful day. Mm-hmm. You're, you're a God who loves to give us good things and uh, help us not overlook them. Uh, like this passage tonight, help us not overlook this. Mm-hmm. I know I've read it before, uh, but help me to see it again as if it was. Mm-hmm. Um, help us, Lord, to hear from you. You say you're with us. You say this is your word and you want to talk to us. I pray you give us ears to hear and that you would be uh, reaching into our hearts and shaping our hearts tonight. Yeah, yeah Lord, uh, I thank you so much for your word and that you have taught us or want to teach us how to have relationships, uh, meaningful relationships, Lord, and relationships that work. I pray that you would just help Lindsay and I to just kind of step out of your way and that you would just be speaking through us today as we're um, talking about your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right. So before I, you know, maybe a little bit, but before we're jumping in, I want to talk about this authority that I mentioned before, Uh, because it's not necessarily what you think it is. So this authority that I'm talking about has been given to us by God when we come into a relationship with him. And a lot of what Paul has been talking about is submitting or being stewards of that authority. And so, but if you look at the passages, what I found really interesting is if you look at the passage specifically here in Ephesians 6 and Ephesians 5, wherever Paul's talking about this submit, he's also giving a message to specifically the stewards. And so it's talking about wives and husbands. It's talking about parents and children. It's talking about slaves and masters, which is pretty cool. Because in our culture, you know, our culture is kind of calling to get rid of authority, to take, to get rid of it completely, get rid of the oppressors. We want more freedom. We don't want to be controlled. Um, But the thing is that we need authority because being the captain of our own ship, it doesn't work. Because with, if you look at the world and you look at statistics of our population, the world is becoming increasingly insecure. The world is becoming increasingly anxious. The statistics for anxiety and depression in the United States have done nothing but go up. They've been skyrocketing, especially since 2020. And so people are constantly unsatisfied with their way of life. So we need to consider a different way because being the captain of our own ship, it just doesn't work. But the Bible, thankfully, has a different view. Could someone read Mark 10, verses 42 to 45 for me, please? Calling them to himself, Jesus said to them, You know that those who are recognized as rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and their great men exercise authority over them. 
but it is not the way among you. But whoever wishes to become great among you shall be your servant. And whoever wishes to be first among you shall be slave of all. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life a ransom for many. So here is Jesus saying that this authority isn't the way that the world says it should be at all. In fact, the world says you should lord over, the rulers should lord over people. But Jesus is saying, no, 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 you need to be a servant of all if you want to lead, which is completely contradictory. And so let's jump into our passage and see what he has to say um, about parents and children. Ephesians 6, 1 through 3. Could someone read this for me, please? Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, so that it may be well with you and that you may live long on earth. Okay. And so who does this apply to? When I look at it, who does it apply to? And I was like, okay, it definitely applies to little kids because like they're tiny and don't know how to do things. Like my daughter yesterday was, had a coat on her head, Justin's coat, and was pretending that she was like a superhero. She's one and a half. She's literally running around like a cape and ran straight into a door. So like clearly kids need some kind of like told what to do, you know? Um, so elementary school needs the same. Middle school they definitely need some guidance. I mean, have you been around middle schoolers? They kind of smell and are very emotional. Uh, high schoolers, I taught them for a very long time. They definitely need some help. They don't think they do, but they 100% need like some guidance, right? Um, college kids, do they need to start obeying their parents? What about after you graduate? What about now? What about when you're living apart from your parents? What about when you're married and you have your own family? Does this still apply? Well, the cutoff age isn't too clear in the Bible. You know, no one in the Bible says, when you turn 18, you become an adult and you are no longer under your parents' authority. <laughs> That's not what happens at all. You know, it seems to be marriage. There are passages in the Bible that say once you, mar- you get married, you become to become one and you leave your family and you cleave. You leave and cleave to your spouse. So it seems to be marriage. But even then, we kind of look at this verse and there's this transition where it goes from obey to honor. You're obeying your parents. You're honoring your parents. And Paul here is quoting in Exodus, the Ten Commandments. So one of the big ten, right? Something that's super important that makes our life work. And so there's this transition even there from obey to honor, to respect. But there's a caveat. Because obeying God has to take precedent above all. We see this in, with the apostles' lives. If you look in Acts, people told them, hey, stop talking about this Jesus dude. You need to stop preaching the gospel. Stop it. They were like, mm, no, I'm going to listen to God on this. I'm going to keep doing it. Okay? So listening to God, obeying God, takes precedent overall. But then comes the question, like, why obey? Why do we need to honor our parents? Well, he tells us in the verse, there's three reasons. One, it's because you're a Christian. If you have a relationship with God and you've asked for Jesus' death on the cross to count for your sins and you're a Christian, well, it says right here, you're in the Lord. And it's talking about you specifically, not your parents, but you. And so this applies even if your parents aren't Christians because you've already been given everything. You've been given every spiritual blessing, as it talks about in the first three chapters of Ephesians. So you're still called 
to obey because even if your parents aren't Christians. And the second thing is because it's right. It literally says, for this is right. It is the right thing to do. Which is kind of uncomfortable to think about. But the thing is that they have this authority. They're the ones that conceived you, like birthed you, raised you. So it makes sense to listen. And it's really easy to see this in an infant or a toddler. You know, it'd be really, really silly if someone told Sophia, who's a year and a half, um, to Sophia, you do whatever you want. Whatever you think is right, you should go and do. If that was the case, um, she would, her diet would consist of cereal and bananas and apple juice is her favorite right now. Apple juice. Okay. Or spicy water, which is lemonade. Yeah. She loves it. It's lemonade. But that's what her diet would consist of. And her time would consist of either sitting outside in the rain and jumping in, in puddles or watching super simple songs on YouTube. And like, if you ask her now, if you say, hey, Sophia, do you want to watch super simple songs? She literally goes, oh, yay! And like runs to the couch and sits down. And we'll just like zone out. All right. She's very excited about it. But that's not healthy. And Justin and I know that a toddler needs more to eat than cereal and bananas. And they need more structure in their life than just super simple songs and jumping in puddles. Although jumping in puddles can be fun. But we know more than she does. For a while, we will. And we'll be able to tell her, hey, this is probably a good idea. This is not a good idea. Because it makes sense. And so the third reason is that so that it will be well within you. And that you will live long on the earth. A.K.A. it brings you blessings. Because it turns out that listening to people who care for you and want the best for you is actually helpful in your life. Who would have thought it? You know, everybody's experienced this, I'm sure. Can you think back to when you were in high school? Uh, I can, and I kind of like inwardly go, ugh, cringe. (laughs) I'm like, man, I really wish I would have listened to my dad when he was like, hey, don't date this guy. It's a bad idea. And I was like, you have no idea what you're talking about. I'm going to marry this man. And he's like, no, you're not. He's not a good guy. It's like, you know nothing. And it turns out the guy, not a good guy. Definitely didn't marry him. Thank goodness. Thank God for that. But everybody has experienced this. They're like, man, I wish I would have listened to my parents about this. So then how do we honor our parents then? Especially when we're not living at home with them. Well, ask questions about themselves. Ask them questions. Who are they? Who were they before they had you? Because their life changed when they had you, but they were still a person before that. Build an adult relationship with them. Let them teach you how to do something. I know some of the coolest things and the biggest relationship builders between my dad and I has been him teaching me how to like do things at my house. And really it ends up being like him teaching Justin because I'm not good at those things, but it's still really good for our relationship. It's pretty cool. And stop the lecturing. You know, I was really guilty of this when I first came to know the Lord. I like was 18 years old. Yeah, I was 18 years old and I would go home and I'd be like, I learned all this stuff about God and here's why everything you're doing is absolutely wrong and you should listen to me. The end. And it didn't go very well. It didn't go well. Um, But ultimately, you need to be thankful. Even if your parents are hard and difficult and your relationship was hard and difficult. I know that that for me, this is something that completely transformed my relationship with my dad. For those of you that don't know, my dad and I had a very rocky relationship. My dad was actually abusive towards me. 
he's abuser, uh, verbally and sometimes physically when I was younger. Uh, things have changed now. Our relationship has completely transformed, but I was really angry for a long time. But being able to sit back and say, I'm actually really grateful for my dad. He was there my whole childhood. He was there. He kept me safe. He kept me fed. He paid for me to go to college, to have a car, to play softball, to go do these things. I'm grateful for him. I'm grateful for the relationship I get to have with him now. It's pretty cool. So let's look back at verse 1 in Ephesians 6. It says, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. And when I was first reading it, I was like, I'm a new parent, right? Newish, year and a half. And I was like, <laughs> Sophia's gonna have to listen to me now. Like, I'm in control. This is awesome. But then I looked at it again, and like, the word, I'm also, I was an English teacher for a long time, and I was like, oh, the word obey kind of implies leadership, which means that I'm responsible for leading her in a certain way. That's scary. That's hard. Because parents are responsible for leading and preparing their kids spiritually, emotionally, intellectually, so that they can thrive and they can flourish in a fallen world. That's a really big responsibility that no one really talks to you about when they're like, are you going to have kids? (laughs) And clearly I'm an expert on this because like, I have like a year and a half of experience and I like know everything about raising children. (laughs) Definitely understand how to raise a kid in the Lord. Just kidding, I don't at all. But thankfully, the Bible has a lot of guidance on this. Thankfully, God didn't leave us like, hey, Adam and Eve, good luck. You know, he wasn't like that. He's like, I'm going to give you some guidance on this. And if we look at our own lives, we know that the first lessons of authority really come from our parents. You know, our children's experiences of us and the way that we have authority in their lives will be a major impact on the way that we're going to see God. They're going to see God and other authorities. And you can look at this intrinsically in your own life. Look at your upbringing. Compared to your default way of seeing God. You know, for me, like I said, my dad was an authoritarian. Lots of rules, lots of consequences, not a lot of love. And so when I was first interacting with God, I was like, okay, God is just this authoritarian. He's going to give me lots of rules. If I don't listen to the rules, he's going to smash me. You know, you might be in a different situation where maybe your parents were passive and your view of God is more that God is aloof and he doesn't care. He's not there. I don't know. But the way that our parents and the way that we parent our children will have an effect on how they see God. And so your identity or our identity and our sense of Who we are in Christ plays an extremely important role in the way that we approach parenting. And so if you have a weak sense of identity and who you are, it manifests in different styles of parenting. You know, you've got the one end, the authoritarian end, right? Where the person just wants to be listened to. This kind of parent just wants to be listened to and obeyed. There's consequences for not listening to me, but there's not a lot of love. They want to be the greatest force in the universe to their kids, and, but the problem with that is that when your kids disobey you, it's like they're refusing to affirm who you are and give you value. And so your way of gaining value through your kids is gone. That's kind of gross, you getting value from your children, from a two-year-old, from a four-year-old, from a 15-year-old, from a kid. It's kind of gross. 
Or there's the other end, where there's the permissive kind of style parenting, where there's a lot of time and a lot of affection with the kids, but they're unwilling to discipline. You know, there's this whole thing going around right now that's like, there's this argument in social media about gentle parenting and what that looks like and whether it's good for your kids or not. Um, But ultimately, with this permissive style of parenting, you're unwilling to discipline. You're unwilling to be an authority figure in this child's life. You want to be their friend, not an authority figure. And so, in essence, what you're trying to do is trying to force these children, these kids, your kids, to complete you as a person. But the reality is that children are not there to make you feel good about yourself. Children are not there to give your life meaning. That's what God's role is, not kids. So even that kind of is gross to look at, trying to look at a four-year-old to complete you. It's not going to happen. And we're not supposed to raise kids who don't understand what it is to operate under authority. But God's word, thankfully, has a different view. It says that we need to discipline and use authority with our kids, along with love and affection for them. But what does that mean? It means that we need to learn how to emphasize and use our authority very carefully with our kids. Emphasize the things that actually matter. And learn to let a lot of it go. But then what are the things that actually matter? Well, the Bible tells us what those things are. Let's continue on in 6.4. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in discipline and instruction of the Lord. Okay, so when I'm reading this, I'm like, okay, don't provoke your children to anger. So they're like, don't make your kids mad, but you need to discipline them and teach them how to be in the Lord. But like, what if the kids get mad when you're disciplining them? Because I didn't like being disciplined, and I got very mad when I was disciplined. Does that mean that we need to back off when the kids get mad? No, it's not at all. If you look at the original Greek, the word provoke actually means to exasperate, to like enrage someone else. And this exasperation is to irritate or to frustrate intensely. And essentially what he's saying is don't pick and pick and pick and pick at your kids. Expectation after expectation, rule after rule after rule. You're not doing this. You're not doing that. On and on and on with your children because... Things will happen. We're told in Colossians 3.21, fathers do not exasperate, that same word, your children, so that, you will not, so that they will not lose heart. The original Greek word for that phrase, so they will not lose heart, is actually means spiritlessness. That they will have a broken spirit. That if you're exasperating them, that you're picking at them, and not really and like emphasizing everything is super important, it breaks their spirit. So what Paul is saying here is to pick your battles. Prioritize what you're emphasizing in their life as important. Emphasize certain things that are truly important, but be willing to let a lot go, like I was saying. But what are those things that matter? Again, we're told. Can someone read Deuteronomy 6, verses 5 through 7? You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, and with all your soul, and with all your might. These words which I'm commanding you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your sons and shall talk to them 
talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise up. Loving God is important. We're told here that we should be talking about this all the time. When we go to bed, when we get up, when we're walking around, when we're doing anything, talk about the love of God. Jesus said something very similar. Could someone get Matthew 22, verses 36 to 39? Teacher, which is the great commandment in the law? And he said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, and with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the great and foremost commandment. The second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. So the things that matter, that really matter in life, the things that you should be emphasizing with your children, love God, love other people. Love your neighbor. That's what's important. That is the most important thing that we can teach our children. It's more important than grades. It's more important than what school they go to, what activities they're in, what sports they're a part of, the career that they pick, the money that they make. It is more important than all of those things. Now, I'm not saying that they sh- you should abandon talking about those things with your kids. They could be good. But what I am saying is that your kids could have all of those things and still lead a miserable life and still not know the love of God, and still not know how to love people in a meaningful way. And the goal is not to make your kids feel loved, but to have your kids know how to love. That's what the goal is. And that's really hard to do in the culture that we have. Because loving God and loving other people is not what the world lives for. And so when we have this insecure identity in the God the opinions of our parents, our coworkers, our friends, our neighbors, our peers might drive our parenting choices more than we realize what they're doing. Because we desperately, parents desperately want to do a good job. They want to learn how to love their kids and raise their kids up well. But that makes you vulnerable to accusations and peer pressure. More, and you're more likely to succumb to that peer pressure. You know, for Sophia's a COVID baby. I've been talking a lot about Sophia because she's like my only kid, right? And uh, she's a COVID baby, right? Got pregnant, had her during 2020 um, when everything was shut down. And that was really hard. Not like the going, you know, having a kid is hard anyways, but like having a kid and then being told that there's this disease going around that's probably going to kill your child is terrifying. But Justin and I struggled for a long time to figure out what do we do? We want our dearest friends to meet this baby and be around this baby. We want to be a part of our Bible study. What do we do? You know, we're hearing from my parents and his parents, don't take her anywhere, keep her really safe, keep a bubble, don't let anybody in, don't let anyone come here, don't let anybody hold her or see her. It's so easy to fall into that. But I will say that the most important thing that we did for our family For our daughter, we decided that the most important thing for her was that she needed to see that we love God and we love people. And that starts by taking her to home church. She was an infant. She's not going to, like, remember those things. But if we start building those habits now, that will continue to last for a very long time. You know, so the question is then, what are your priorities? Because our kids kind of become you. You become your parents. The world even knows this. Has anybody seen these progressive commercials? Okay. Supposedly, it's going to work. Ha-ha! Hold on. It's not. 
Okay, pause. Okay, that works too. Let me see if I can turn up the volume. Turn it up. Turn up Thursday. Here we go. Okay, this is a freezer, not a time capsule. Sometimes the house itself can tell you how a young homeowner is turning into their parents. Not those two. Yep, they're gone. Forever? Yep, that there is Progressive's Home Quote Explorer website where I compared home insurance rates. We don't need to print the internet. Some are. <laughs> I will give you $100 if you can tell me what this is. Scotch egg. It's a meatball. There's a kid But we can't help you compare rates on home insurance with Home Quote Explorer. We've got a lot of work to do. Oh, no. Where does it end? <laughs> if you know someone in their garage doing this right now, Click subscribe for more of my videos. <laughs> okay. So, we become our parents. It's a funny example. It's like, <laughs> I was watching this and looking at it and going, I have been so tempted to, like, put our remote somewhere where we can, like, take it off like that. That's kind of smart. And, like, we went to my parents. We had to go to my parents' house after Florida because... I'll tell you sometime, this travel experience was the worst thing I've ever had in my life. But they literally have those, like strings and the tennis ball to tell you when to stop pulling up and I'm like it's kind of smart I think it's kind of cool now right I think it's the best idea ever because you don't have to break your anyways long story short we become our parents all right we become our parents and so the best thing to find out of like what are your priorities is to ask your kids or to ask your friends what they see, which um, <clears throat> sounds really uncomfortable <laughs> to me, but it's the best way to find out where your priorities are because um, we are masterful deceivers of ourselves. <laughs> We're really good at looking at things and being like, you know, my kid, she's not smoking crack. I'm doing a good job. Or, hey, she's living. That's good. She's breathing. Some days it feels like that's the goal. Um, but we're masterful at lying to ourselves at what actual good things are. You know, asking them, having a conversation saying, like, what do you think is the most, what are we more, most concerned about here in our house? What's more important to us, grades or spending time with God? What's more important, getting your chores done or having deep friendships and deep relationships? Looking good for other people or living a life that's pleasing to God? It's really painful to think about, but it's really important to think about too. Because our priorities really manifest in the things that we emphasize with our children. And it's not that any of these things are bad per se, but what we communicate to our kids is really important. What we're emphasizing is what we're communicating to our kids. And so looking at your life and saying, do our priorities line up with what God says is important? Loving God and loving other people. And so if you're in a situation where you're like, oh, I might need to rethink my priorities. There are four things I want you to think about. Number one, oh, let's see if it'll work. Remember that you're forgiven and much loved by God. That's everything that we talked about in Ephesians 1 through 3. 
remember, like, we're called to do, that we are forgiven and that we are much loved. Number two is to model that repentance with your kids. Go to them. Say, you know, I've been prioritizing the wrong things in my life, and I'm sorry, in your life, and I'm sorry. I want to change. I want to start emphasizing different things. I want to emphasize loving God and loving other people. And I'm going to be praying for that change to happen in my heart. The third thing to do is to work with your spouse as a team. Pray together that God can show you how to do better, how to do differently. Don't work against your spouse in this. But work as a team. Don't accuse your spouse of doing things that they, you think they should do. Come together and have a conversation. What can we do to raise our kids to love God and love other people? And lastly, open up to people that you trust in the body of Christ. And invite them to speak into your life and to support you. And this is like (laughs) really hard to do. Because if you look at the world and the culture, it's like one of the things that you just don't talk about. Right? You don't talk about money. You don't talk about having authority and disciplining your kids. You don't want to talk to people about that. But that's not the way that God made us. God created us so that we had a community of believers that we lived with. You know, Becky and I were just talking about this in Florida. We're like, why don't people live together? Because having kids and having two, like, parents, like, four parents in the same room, this is so much easier. <laughs> like, but it's true. God created us to live in a community. And we actually had a situation, um, you know, Rich and Becky have been reading this book about disciplining your kids. And... Um, the last night we were in Florida, you know, Rich sits down and is like, what do you guys think about spanking your children? And like, my first reaction is like, oh, I don't want to talk about this. <laughs> like, do you think I don't spank my kid enough? Should I spank her more? What do you think? Am I not a good parent? Am I not good enough for you? And that's not at all what Rich was talking about. He just has a look. He, he does have a look. He like, what he's talking is like, it's like the judge look. It's very focused. It's very focused. But I was like, that's not at all what he's asking. He's just asking what we think of this thing. He's not even bringing anything up, and he's just asking what our thoughts are. And we had this really cool conversation about it. And that's so important because, like I said, we're supremely masterful at lying to ourselves about how we're doing and how we're raising our kids. And not just that. We're supremely masterful about lying to ourselves about other things, too. But this is one of those areas. And so we need to invite people to speak into our lives. Say, hey... I need help in this. Can we talk about it? If you see something, can you reach out to me in this? Support me. I need that help. You know, and you might be hearing this and being like, like, I only have young kids. I don't really see how this applies. Or I don't have kids. Or we're only talking about maybe having kids in the future. Or I'm not even married yet. And like, that's not something that we're really doing right now. And that's okay. But it's valuable to think about those priorities right now. Because if you are starting in your own life and building a foundation where you are loving God and loving other people, it is so much easier to take into a marriage and it is so much easier to take into dealing with your kids and disciplining and having authority and teaching your kids. So much easier. Because we have a responsibility as parents to discipline. So practice now, learn now. And you can do that in your friendships and other relationships. Decide, I'm going to fight for God in my friend's life. That means I'm going to speak the truth in love and bring out Are you trusting God? Are you loving God? Are you loving other people? What does that look like? You know, are you older where your kids are grown up or your kids are having kids? Those kids still need your help because they're more likely to have the values that you had with them growing up when they were growing up. And if there's something that needs to change there, 
then you get to be a catalyst for change in their family. You can come alongside and say, hey, I didn't do things perfectly when I was raising you. This is what I wish I would have done differently. How can I help you do that? How can I help you create a plan so that you're doing that? And be a real catalyst for change in your whole family. But this is only one part of the kind of relationships and authority that we're going to be talking about tonight. Lindsay's going to come up and talk about slaves and masters. Hello. Um, I'm Lindsay, for those of you who don't know me. Um, So, like Aleni was just talking about, we're talking about different types of relationships. So she just talked about parenting, and even before this we were talking about marriage, and now I get to talk about slaves and masters, um, which is actually a little bit more like employee-employer relationships. But again, really the main thread running through all of these relationships is authority and our identity. And so again, let's reiterate our identity. It's that we are children of God and we have been blessed with every spiritual blessing. Um, And let's be open, like Eleni was saying. Maybe we're struggling with this. Maybe we haven't been taking this seriously. So um, let's just dive right in. Maybe. Ooh. Maybe. Uh, there we go. Okay. So, can someone read this for me? Slaves, be obedient to those who are your masters according to the flesh, with fear and trembling, and the sincerity of your heart as to Christ. Not by way of eye service as man pleasers, but as slaves of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart. With good will, render service as to the Lord and not to men. Knowing that whatever good thing each one does, he will receive back from the Lord, whether slave or free. And masters, do the same things to them, and give up threatening, knowing that both their master and yours is in heaven, and there is no partiality with him. Okay. So, first question, does the Bible condone slavery? Is that what this is talking about? Masters and slaves? And the answer to this is no. Um, There's a lot of resources on this, and I can share those with you if you want to go more in depth. But if we really get caught up on that, we're going to miss so much that this passage is talking about. But I do want to give you guys some context that the slaves that they're talking about in Rome in that time are very, very different than the slaves we think of. Um, It's not a racial thing. It's not how it was in the United States Um, in the Roman Empire, uh, it was a lot more similar to an employer-employee relationship. Some people went into slavery willingly. Um, so that is the framework that we're going off of here. And so let's just go back into what is it saying? Can someone get this? Slaves, be obedient to those who are your masters according to the flesh, with fear and trembling, in the sincerity of your heart as to Christ. Okay, so we are supposed to work as, oh, whoa, that was too far, too early, sorry guys. Um, We are supposed to be good workers. We're supposed to work hard and obey these people who are above us. And it says that we're supposed to do that in the sincerity of our heart, just as we would to Christ. 
Um, so when I was thinking about this, it made me think of The Princess Bride. I don't know if you guys know of this movie. If you haven't seen it, go watch it. It's great. Um, but in the very beginning, there are these two characters. There's Wesley and Buttercup. And Buttercup is kind of this like snobby, young princess type person. And Wesley is the farmhand. And she'll be like, go do this. Fetch the slop. Feed the pigs. And he just goes, as you wish as you wish. And she's not very nice about it either. But he responds as you wish because he loves her. Doing, going and feeding the pigs is a joy because he cares for her so much. And this is how we are to act with our relationship to our masters as we would to Christ because we love Jesus so much. And I know that this can be difficult Uh, I know when we're weak in our identity, when we aren't reflecting on what Jesus has done for us, it's easy to complain. Work is hard. It's not fun. Um, It's easy to point out all the injustices or how I could be doing things way better than my boss. Or um, maybe we're on the other side where we're really insecure. If I'm not doing this right, I'm going to get yelled at. I'm going to be reprimanded. So, God gives us more reasons, other than he tells us to, that we should work hard. And the first one is that God gives authority to those over us. And Romans 13.1, it explains this well. Every person is to be in subjection to the governing authorities, For there is no authority except from God, and those which exist are established by God. Yes. So the authorities that exist are established by God. He is the one that they're answering to. And so we can trust that even if these authorities aren't just, they aren't perfect, they're not great, they answer to God. And we can rest in that. And again, if we're going through deeper in Ephesians, it says, not by the way of eye service as men pleasers, but as slaves of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart, with good will, render service as to the Lord and not to men. So again, we're working hard as slaves to Christ. But at the same time, don't be a suck up. I think we all know that one person who is sitting there and is like kind of lazy and they're checking their phone, not really doing anything. As soon as the boss comes in like, oh yeah, I'm on top of my stuff. Look at everything that I'm doing. We're not trying to trick our bosses to, that we're good workers. We're not trying to trick anyone, but we're just being good workers. And again, we have a deeper reason. It's because we have a bigger purpose. Um, Can someone read Titus 2, 9 through 11? Teach slaves to be subject to their masters in everything, to try to please them, not to talk back to them, and not to steal from them, but to show that they can be fully trusted, so that in every way they will make the teaching about God our Savior attractive. For the grace of God has appeared that offers salvation to all people. Right. So 
When we're going into work, we have a greater purpose. We're not just there and doing good work because this pleases God. Yes, it does. But also, we're building trust so that when we can share the gospel, it's credible. Uh, How would it be if we're talking about this new identity in Christ and how we've been given every spiritual blessing, and if we just go to work and we just take and take and take, we're negative and aren't good workers, who would believe us? Who would listen? No one. Um, we, no one would listen to us. But there's even more reason for us to be good workers. And that's because God wants to reward us. Uh, it says in Ephesians 8. Can someone get that? Ephesians. Whatever good thing each one does, this will be received back from the Lord, whether slave or free. Yes. Sorry. Ephesians 6, 8. We get rewarded. God wants to bless us for our good work. Um, he sees what we're doing and he wants to give that back to us. So with that though, oh, again, sorry guys. Should we make our career our ministry? We're doing this good work. It pleases God. Is this what we should focus on. We spend a third of our day there, sometimes half of our waking hours. Should we go all out for career? Well, luckily, uh, we don't have to figure that out on our own. (laughs) The Bible makes it pretty clear. There are three principles that can help us figure this out. And the first one is that um, the world system is built to take us away from God. Uh, It says so here in 1 John 2, 15 and 16. Can someone read that for me? Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the impulse of pride of life is not from the Father, but is from the world. Right. So our careers are part of this world system. Uh, It is something that we have to do. It's good to work. We have to make money and be able to live. But if we love it, if we're going all out for our career, that's what we make everything, the love of the Father isn't in us. It's not from God. Um, Our second principle is that God specifically says to put people and him above everything else. Um, Eleni was talking about this earlier, but let's read it again. It's Matthew 22, 37 through 40. And he said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, and with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the great and foremost commandment. The second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend the whole law and the prophets. Okay. Um, so God says to put people before him. Um, one second. I'm trying to, there we go. Yes. Uh, so literally God is saying that we put people and him above everything else. So career shouldn't be our number one priority because God literally says 
put me first. Um, and the final principle that we have is that we can't do it all. We have to prioritize our life and we have to make choices, which I know is something that's a struggle for me. Um, I like to think I can do it all, but I can't. And so uh, we have to look at our own motives and check what we're doing. Um, Like Eleni was saying, that we're really good at fooling ourselves. We're really good at tricking ourselves or um, spiritualizing our decisions. So let's be honest. Do you really want that promotion so that you can have more influence and love more people and share about Jesus more? Or do you just want the title? Is that really what's going on? Um, Do you want that raise because you need more uh, financial stability for you and your family? Or is it because you want a new car? (laughs) Um, These are things that we really need to think about and try to be honest about. And a good question as we're looking over our motives is, are we putting people and God at the center of our decisions? Is it based on God and how we love people? Or are we acting out of fear? Uh, I know personally, I've done this before. I've acted out of fear, uh, specifically in my last job. Um, I was working at a place for a really long time, and it's pretty clear that God was calling me to leave. I had run out of a lot of opportunities to share the gospel, and he was kind of calling me to move. But I really liked my job, and I was good at it, (laughs) and uh, I was told I was going to get a raise, and that I was taking on more responsibility, I was respected, and so I wasn't listening to God, and he said, okay. Um, And then that raise never came, and that respect... uh, was still held, but there was a lot of hard stuff going on. Um, Things got really hard at work. And I was spiritualizing that decision even more by saying, I'm just being a really good worker. I'm just toughing it out. Um, But I was really scared to try and look for a new job. I was really scared that God wasn't going to provide for me. And uh, it wasn't until I decided to trust him and go back and believe that God loves me and he wants to take care of me. He's given me every spiritual blessing. Was I able to uh, have victory and have some rest? Um, I left my job and the Lord was very gracious in giving me a new one. And now um, I have a lot more space to care about other people because I'm not so engrossed in my job. Um, A verse that was really helpful for me was Matthew 6:33 and it says but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all things will be added to you. Um it's really helpful because God wants to take care of us. He wants to meet our needs, the needs that we have. He knows them, he cares about us, and he will he promises that he will take care of us. So I want you guys to think about it. Take some time. Do your priorities line up with your decisions? Check your schedule. Has work been consuming you so much that you can't make it to most things? 
or be on time for dinner most nights. You can't spend time with your friends or your family because you're consumed by your work. Or ask your friends, like Eleni was saying, are your decisions lining up with your priorities? Do they see something different? Um, another way that we can check on this is, what's our workplace look like? Are we bringing our spiritual gifts to work? Um, I think this is a really good question because our spiritual gifts uh, are what God wants us to wants to reward us with. Um, he really cares about that. He sees those are some of the opportunities that we have that we get to be ambassadors for Christ with. I know that um, we've even seen some of those rewards in our home church. Uh, one of the people that I think of is Jordan. Um, when he was coming around, uh, one of our good friends, Frankie, was making really good time and use of her spiritual gifts at work. She was talking to Jordan. She was having spiritual conversations. And um, he decided to come check us out. And since then, he's been a joy to have in our home church. She's always participating in the teachings and... Uh, being someone who has thoughts, he wants to share. Um, and now he's continuing to do that too. He's inviting his friends from Amazon. He's trying to see what this is like. And it's really cool. So, um, lastly, oh, whoa, sorry guys. Yeah, there we go. We have masters and uh, can someone read this for me? Masters do the same things to them. I'm so sorry. I'm trying to get my notes to work at the same time, and it's just not working for and me. And you threatening knowing that both their masters and yours is in heaven, and there's... I'm so sorry. No, partial, partially with him. Okay. Um, so yeah, this is for our masters, some people, maybe managers, maybe bosses, and we're called to have that same identity. We're supposed to be working out of that same identity. Um, we're not to be threatening. We're not to be, um, aggressive working out of that identity and using that as opportunities to share Christ with other people. Um, and remember that the authority that the world has is not the same as what God has. Uh, the authority that the world has is like, hey, you have to make decisions. It brings anxiety, fear, you're going to mess up. Um, but that's not how God's authority worked. Eleni brought it up earlier again with uh, Mark um, 10, 42 through 45, where it's the slaves or the master will be last, the first shall be last, and that Jesus didn't come to serve, or to be served, but to serve. And so that is uh, how managers, bosses, that's how we should be working too. Um, and so you guys might be thinking here, okay, I really want this, and I've been trying to make this work, and it's been hard. I've been doing it on my own. And so for for Christians, I want you guys to think about this. What is your identity? 
go dive back into earlier Ephesians, learn some truths about who you are in Christ so that you can be acting out of that identity. And then if you're not a Christian, um, this, uh, this identity comes from having a relationship with Jesus. And you can have that at any time. Um, John 5.24, it says, Truly, truly, I say to you, he who hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life and does not come into judgment, but has passed out of death into life. So all you have to do is believe that Jesus came down and died on the cross for you. And then talk to God about it. Ask him for his forgiveness to count for you. You can do that at any point. You can do that even tonight if you want. Um, and you get this new identity. You get these spiritual blessings. So uh, that's all Eleni and I had for you guys. Oh. Um, if you have questions, comments, any thoughts, concerns, yeah, sure. Concerns, Rich. We have concerns. Yeah. 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 Really, for both of you, I mean, thank you. This is great. I, obviously, my kids are grown, but I, um, I was thinking a lot of it's, well, because I'm poor. <laughs> 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 oh, my God. But anyway, I was thinking, like you said, you know, ask your kids or ask, you know, ask your kids and ask, what I have to tell you guys is that you don't have to ask them. <laughs> At about preteen to teenage years, they developed this <sighs> radar. Mm. And I will tell you, they, you don't have to. And, and I, I look back on that now and I think, I wish that I had responded with greater humility. Mm-hmm. Um, but you learned in that. Yeah. And I think there's a thread coming through all of this is that is that humility thread. Mm-hmm. Um, whether. You know, in submission. Yeah. In submission, whether it's with your employer or you know, your kids or your spouse, just to respond with humility. Yeah. Um, for me, at least, that's been what I've learned or trying to still learn. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for so sharing that. Yeah. 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 Thanks for saying that, because like I said, I, I've had a year and a half experience and uh, a long way to go, and <laughs> yeah. I definitely appreciate you saying that. They'll tell you. They'll I'm, let you know when you're messing up. I mean, that's kind of like a comfort, but also going to be painful to Yeah. 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 I mean, when we hear it from our friends, it's painful. Yeah. Yeah. At least, you know, maybe they're right. For sure. Yeah. And I think that that's something that we can be praying for, too, as that comes. Like, Lord, help me to see this and be willing to listen and be humble. Thank you. Yeah. Emulating that and you know, doing the things that 
Yeah. I was like, that's such a good point. That was something that I wanted had wanted to talk about, but like there was so much I had to cut out. So much. Um, but ultimately our kids have free will and they're going to choose, but we can do our best to give them the best shot that they can to like be people that want to fight for the Lord. Um, that's a really cool thing. My, uh, one of the books that I started reading this week while I was preparing for this teaching um, is this book by George Barna. Uh, he's the guy that does the Barna Research Institute. And um, he is a Christian, but he like has a lot of statistics. He's a stat guy. It's pretty cool. Um, but he was interviewing all of these people that were like kind of spiritual. What did he call them? Spiritual kind of hot shots. My brain is not working right now. Oh yeah, it is. Revolutionary parentage. Spiritual champions is what they call them. And so, um, he interviewed all these people that he would consider spiritual champions. They weren't all ministers or pastors or, you know, what you might think of, but they were clearly loving the Lord through their lifestyle. They were serving people. And so he like compiled all of that. He was like, okay, I'm going to interview these people, but then I'm all about how they were raised. And then I'm going to interview their parents about how they raised them. And so through all of that, he came out with this book. That's really good. (laughs) I should have got. <laughs> it's fine. Um, but it's a really good book. It's okay. <laughs> but it's a really good book if anybody's interested. It's like this idea of revolutionary parenting and how can you raise your kids to be spiritual champions. Um, revolutionary parenting. Raising your kids to become spiritual champions. But it's literally um, four chapters long. And if you get the audiobook, it's four hours it's super good and fast and easy to listen to the audiobook's a little weird because like somehow like for each section it has a different it goes between these two audiobook readers and it's just very confusing why there's two different people reading this book but um it's really good i've got a couple things okay i really appreciate you guys teaching um so yeah reading that dare discipline book by dobson was super cool one of my favorite i'm just going to mess up this quote so bad, but uh, basically he was like, because, you know, we're also new parents, um, and he was saying something like, the first six years of your child's life is basically two things you want to teach them, that one, you're thankful that God has entrusted this awesome child to love, and that God loves that child deeply, uh-huh. like they are deeply loved by you, and, and even deeper so by God, uh-huh. and secondly, because of that, I have to teach you things, and you're going to have to listen to me. For your benefit. It's because I love you and I want to keep you safe. Um, I know that was a great quote. Um, that was beautiful. <coughs> that book. And, um, also, uh, for your part, Lindsay, I was thinking about uh, the parable in Luke chapter 16 of the shrewd manager. If you heard about this, but basically, there's a manager and the guy's going to get fired. Mm-hmm. And so he's like, crap, what do I do? So he goes to all the people that owe the boss money, and he says, well, instead of a thousand things that you bought, mark it at 800. And instead of 600 things you bought, mark it at 300. And so basically he was kind of taking away from his boss in that way. Um, and it says the boss was like impressed by that. He was like, whoa, uh, I admire the dishonest rascal, this was as MIT, for being so true. Uh, and then he says, here's the lesson of that. Because that's pretty dishonest and not cool. And Jesus yeah. kind of calls that out. But he says, use your worldly resources to benefit others and make friends. Then when your possessions are gone, we will welcome you to an eternal home. And right after that, 
If you're faithful in little things, you'll be faithful in large ones. He's talking about the same context here with money. Yeah. Um, but if you're dishonest in little things, you won't be honest with greater responsibilities. If you're untrustworthy about worldly wealth, who will trust you with the true riches of heaven? If you're not faithful with other people's things, why should you trust with your own things? Um, I thought that was a great, a great lesson there, that God actually does care about that so much. Like, yeah. It's not just mentioned here in Ephesians 6. But something that God looks at, like, are you being trustworthy at work? Are you being faithful with the money that's been entrusted to you? Mm -hmm. Because if you're not, God sees that and it's like, well, I'm not going to give you more. Yeah. And not not more money, but like more influence of people spiritually. Mm -hmm. um, so you can have a, an actual uh, impactful life, a work of a significance, right? building towards a great kingdom. Yeah. So that is something that God looks at and saying, are you actually being faithful at work and with your money that you get from work to, to build up your friendships, to and give all those things, or are you really using it for yourself because you're not going to be given anything by me then? So, and so that was a very like uh, sobering, I guess, another parable from Jesus about work and being faithful with work and money. Yeah, no, I think that's a, a really good one to show like that the Bible does really take this seriously, and like that I think the, the theme there too is that God wants to reward those who are faithful, and when you're stepping out in those identities and uh, God wants to bless us, which I think is really cool. Yeah, it's not that you can't be shrewd at work. Yeah. yeah. Or like ask for Jesus. Like that's actually a good thing. And yeah. You should do that. But it is like the reasons behind it. Is it mm -hmm. for selfish? Building up your own kingdom or the kingdom of God? Yeah. Thanks for sharing that, Rich. Carlisi. Hello. Good evening. Whoa, what's your name, too? Good So I got a joke for you. Funny story, one. Johnny. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm sorry, but I'm going to cut you off there. No. Just kidding. Uh, and then I got uh, something I'm convicted of. <laughs> so that uh, Ephesians 6 1 resonates very deeply in my soul. Yeah. Children, obey your parents, Lord, this is right. Honor your father and mother uh, so that it may be well with you. King James Version says so that your days may be long. And uh, that was a scripture that was used. Not sure if it was particularly the denomination I grew up in, or was it just specifically that church, but that was more so thrown at me as a threat. Oh. So, for quite some time, I thought that the Lord would actually shorten your life if you don't honor your father and your mother. Oh, no. Pretty spooky how people can uh, uh, take that verse out of context. Mm -hmm. But... I find it very interesting that, um, you know, that was something that they really picked at. Like, this is parenting right here. Honor me or... Or you die. You die. <laughs> and you know? Which is unfortunate for some who don't. But uh, I thought that was pretty... Uh, I, I appreciate you guys digging into the context. And like, you know, it's very easy just to read that and be like, oh, well, God's kind of mean. Um, <laughs> but it, it's cool that you dig into that more. But yeah, that was, uh, yeah, you know... I like growing up. So another thing I think was more so on Lindsay's part when you talk about um, workers and uh, basically allowing the Lord to lead or, or Paul, turning to God first. Uh, this has been pretty interesting coming back from Florida. And I, just, uh, I had a real poopy Monday. And I didn't know why, but I just felt like crap, which is kind of unusual for coming off of a vacation. We saw some beautiful sights and had some cool fellowship and stuff. So you think you come back refreshed, but Monday was kind of like, my ass was dragging, uh, like things were just frustrating. 
I kept like thinking about like uh, you know, how am I getting more money? You know, my work, my job's not like uh, cutting it. You know, I, I need to make more money to like get a big, bigger house or like mm -hmm. things. You know, I just need, I need things. I need more money. And I was focusing on that all day, pretty much like three o'clock, almost in the work day. I'm like, damn, I haven't prayed since coming back from Florida. Mm -hmm. uh, I haven't been thankful that my trip back was safe. I haven't been thankful for anything. And uh, so I, I started, uh, well, pretty, I was feeling that. But <laughs> I uh, started going through this Proverbs series. And the second teaching series already uh, uh, blew my mind away. But it's in uh, Proverbs 3. And it kind of goes along with what you were saying earlier, too. It says, uh, Proverbs 3, 5, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and do not lean on to your own understanding. Mm -hmm. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make your path straight. And I was just like, man, I got to give this up to the Lord. I, I, I don't want to uh, follow my understanding because that's obviously not going to be very wise. And I've done that in the past, and I know it doesn't lead me anywhere. So it's like, why, uh, why am I stressing out so much about, like, I need to make more money, I need to do this, my career needs to get better. And it's like, uh, how about, you know, bringing that to the Lord? It's maybe he has a different direction for me than what, yeah. I, what I have, which he probably does. Um, <laughs> and I just, overwhelming sense of gratitude, like, thank you, Lord, for you care so much for us, and you want us to uh, uh, live a, a great life. You, you have a good path for us. Not that we're not going to have any issues in our, in our lives or whatever, but it's like, um, you know, trust in the Lord. Let him lead you. Let the, his spirit lead you, and he'll make your path straight, whatever direction that may be. Um, and I think that was just really uh, encouraging for me this week, and your teaching on top of that was um, also encouraging. Like, yeah, Lord, Lord's going to take care of you, but it's like, are you allowing him to lead, or are you are you trying to do it on your own little power, which, yeah. which never works? Cool. For sure. Yeah. I appreciate that. Hey, I thought it was really cool how you talked about uh, all those parenting things, and um, everybody's not a parent, like you were saying. Um, but we're all children. Uh -huh. uh, and so what we did in our subgroup, Joe Brown and our, when we talked about uh, how is it that we can, as adults, how can we honor our parents? Mm -hmm. and, you know, everybody doesn't have a good relationship with their parents. Some people didn't have a good relationship with their parents. And, and yet, you know, you talk about uh, uh, gratitude. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And how that led you to have a better relationship with your dad. Mm -hmm. And, and um, anyway, we talked about stuff that um, will say, how can I be appreciative of my, my parent or was this or that? And how can, how can I honor my, my parent who didn't give me much? Um, I think it's from that. I think it's, it's good to think about that. You know, our, our job as children isn't done. Yeah. Because we're growing. Yeah. So. It's very true. And I think even now, like, looking back, it can be really difficult. Yeah. I don't know. Like, I look back and I'm like, I, I still get hit with, like, oh, man. You're, so, you're really abusive. And like, you can still be abusive. And this is really hard. But, mm -hmm. like, trying to focus on the things that the Lord has given you. And so... He calls us to love others as he has loved us. And he laid his, down, his life down for us. Yeah. So then how can I continue to do that and honor my dad and my mom? So we talked about this a few weeks ago with, uh, I think, burying the bitterness. Yeah. Uh, maybe it was you even. I might have been. <laughs> Talk about bitterness. I'm very bitter and angry. I've been a very bitter person. I don't know who was. It's good to think about how I got my mom. Yeah. And, and my dad's dad, I can just 
sorry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Thank you for sharing that, Carrie. It can be really hard to even mm-hmm. think about that. Because, like, I was very angry for a long time. The whole gratitude thing came up because I wrote a really awkward blog that, like, sure lives out on the internet somewhere. <laughs> It's really awkward and embarrassing about how, like, I, like, came to know the Lord, and I was like, I don't have to listen to my dad anymore. He's a big jerk. These are all the reasons he's a big jerk. And then Keith commented on it and was like, hmm, you need to reconsider this, and you should really go and love your dad. And I was like, oh, shit. Okay. It was, like, really painful, but being able to look at it and be like, no, he, I'm alive. <laughs> he didn't kill me. Yeah. You know? Um, and in certain situations, it it's a miracle that he didn't, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, being grateful for at least that led to like being grateful for other things, at least in my life. Does anyone else have anything to say? If not, <gasps> Jordan. I want to say you guys both did a really nice job. Hey. Thank you very much. Yeah. I was in my head a little bit and that did bring me out of my head. Aww. I've been in my head for about a few weeks now, and that actually did immensely make a difference. Thank you. Yeah, of course. Yeah. It was really nice about, like, relationships. I mean, when you brought up about your dad, then I lost my dad, like, almost four years ago. Oh, sorry. And I have my mother, but uh, I got along better with him than her, you know, just because, you know, know, she's sometimes pushy and uh, she thinks she knows how the world operates. She's been around longer than I have. And, and, uh, yeah. And uh, also, you and I, we can talk about, like, other stuff. I feel very uncomfortable talking about stuff with her. Yeah. And I think it's, like, it is important to recognize, like, I'm still going to love you and honor you through that like yeah. being grateful for the things that she has been able to give you I am really sorry to hear about your dad and also I uh, the funny fact is that uh, I, don't call her, I call her by her name I call her Joyce oh yeah. mm-hmm. that has to be really hard between you guys then but we get along yeah we ups and downs yeah mm-hmm. that's cool yeah. Yeah. alright if we don't have anything else, uh, I'll pray. And then, Lindsay, you want to show us down? Sure. Cool. Well, Lord, uh, I thank you so much for tonight. I thank you that we were able to get into your word and learn about what it is to have these like relationships where there is um, a sense of authority. I thank you that uh, we have the ability to learn what it is to have real relationships. And mm-hmm. I thank you for sending your son here and then he chose to die on the cross for our sins, Lord, uh, so that we could be forgiven, so that you would give us these, these amazing um, blessings, these multitude of blessings, Lord, and um, that I know I don't deserve it all, but I'm just so grateful for that. And uh, I pray, Father, that as we go on with our week, um, that you would bring this, these teachings up to us, um, whether that's how to you know, look at our priorities in our lives and, and see if it really compares to what you say is important, which is loving you and loving other people. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, Father, uh, I just thank you so much, uh, like Eleni was saying, that we could get here tonight and that we could dig through your word, um, that you want us to know how to walk through these relationships, that you give us 
guidance and understanding, um, as well as all these amazing spiritual blessings. Um, I thank you so much that you came down and died for our sins. Mm. Um, I pray that uh, if people don't know you, maybe they could continue to figure out what that means or Mm. come to know you tonight. Um, And I pray that we can have a really fun time hanging out and that we can take these teachings with us uh, through the rest of the week. Mm -hmm. Amen. 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 Amen.